into the contest. It is Thursday, the 1st of September. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host, Shane Lee, Rockstar Shane Lee. Of course, they had their return gig after a decade on the weekend. And lo and behold, you were at it again last night. Yeah, one of Brett's sponsors, an Indian business, um, asked us to come and play last night out at Homebush in front of about 1,000 mm. Indian audience. Um, it was a big setup. It was a late gig, Timmy. We were supposed to be on stage at 8 o'clock, and I think we eventually got st- on stage at about midnight to play a few songs. Um, but, yeah, good fun. I think more people ended up on the stage singing with us than we were actually out in the crowd by the end of it. But, uh, yeah, good fun, mate. Ro- the, the lifestyle of a rock and roll star, eh? Oh, you're back, baby. You are back. <laughs> Zimbabwe roll for 96. We'll talk about that. All the latest from the US Open and the AFL and the NRL tonight. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com. Mitchell Stark was brilliant. Adam Zampa also very, very good. It was Zimbabwe, though, uh, Shane, dismissed for their lowest total of 96 as Australia just uh, sort of rolls through the series win. Yeah, not a great start to the summer. Uh, lots of talk going on in and around the Big Bash and getting the right players to perform here. Well, a very, very ordinary start to the summer of cricket, really. Zimbabwe, as you said, out for 96. Zampa really good once again, 3 for 21. Stark, 3 for 24. Cam Green, two for seven. And then Australia just cruised to the total of two for 100 with Steve Smith, 47 not out, and Alex Carey, 26 not out. Yeah, the competition will toughen up throughout the course of the summer. Mm. Uh, no doubt about that. Now, they're going to use, or they're thinking very seriously about the DRS technology for the Big Bash. This would step it into another realm. Uh, I know lots of supporters have been screaming for it for a long time because we've seen some absolute howlers. Yeah, well, it's been stock standard now around the world. Uh, the DRS has been used. Cricket Australia have used COVID as a bit of an excuse, I think, because the cost to introduce this technology is around $2 million. And I think they're going to be forced to do it this year. So that's $2 million straight off their bottom line. So Cricket Australia are very hesitant to introduce this technology. But I think, as you said, Tim, with the amount of howlers they had last year, they have to bring it in. Yeah, they do, don't they? Uh, yeah. There's a little question. Every other sort of game you see at that level is, is has got this technology, so it's it's mm. glaring when it's not there. Uh, Nick Curios, well, he's on the road, isn't he, at the US Open? He is. He takes on Benjamin Bonzi uh, in the second round. Um, interesting. Nick seems to be very, very open with the way he speaks to the press, and mm. you know he's been very, very buoyant in recent times. Well, he's sort of coming across now like he's very fatigued and tired. He said he's been on the road for four months and he said, you know, his dad's not well, his mum's not well, um, he's missing out on a lot of things at home. So he sounds pretty homesick. Um, let's just hope he can rally and use this good form that he's currently in now. You don't want to waste this when you're in really, really good form, I think. That's been the sleeping giant with him the whole time has been yep. how he copes with being on the road. It's it's never been a comfortable thing for him. He longs to be back in Canberra and it's it's held him back. Lots of people think it's his behaviour and everything else that goes with it. But I think that uh, the two are linked, they're hand in hand. He has continued to be homesick throughout the course of his career 
and uh, it's like we've seen it last few years where he's managed it. So yeah, Nick Kyrgios, mm. he, he he's got the best chance ever after making the finals of Wimbledon to to win this U.S. Open. So it'll be interesting to watch. Rafael Nadal, what about this young Australian, Rinky Hijikata? Well, got the first set off, Rafa. Rafa poured over the top afterwards, but uh, it was cheeky. Yeah, the, the young Aussie, as you said, his name's Rinky Hijikata. Um, mm. Started well, took the first set off Rafa, which is not easy to do 4-6, but Rafa just used his wealth of experience and he won the next three sets, 6-2, 6-3, 6-2. But a little bit of a scare there for Rafa, but... Yeah, once you go deep into the sets with Rafa, you are in for a fight, and this guy does not give up. <laughs> Lots of tennis players just want to keep playing, don't they? And good luck to them. Yep. Venus Venus Williams, uh, everyone wants to write the script for her and say, oh, it's over, but she's rejecting any talk of retirement at this stage. Well, this is Venus, yeah. Her sister Serena has pretty much said this is her last tournament. Yeah, um, having but Venus, Yeah, and, and, but Venus has come out. Look, she's lost all four matches she's played in 2022, but said she's still motivated to compete, so... No one should tell her when to hang the boots up. That's up to her. Um, she probably would like to get a few more wins under her belt. But, uh, yeah, she. I think she – and look, she might really blossom once her sister retires. It might be a chance for her to be back in the limelight again. Yeah, Venus Williams um, mm. uh, has been such a powerhouse. Obviously, Serena has overshadowed her for such a long time. Now, what about the, uh, the stats on the Euros, the women's Euros, and the TV audience in the United Kingdom particularly – We've seen them double. Look, this is very exciting for the world game. Of course, we have the Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand just next year. Huge numbers. So the Women's Euro 2022 uh, record audience of 365 million in total. 50 million people, 50 million tuned in for the England versus Germany final. Look, you couldn't script a better final, could you? England versus Germany and England winning 2-1 an extra time. Amazing uh, result there for the tournament. Um, uh, people put the tournament together. But, uh, yeah, 50 million tuned in to see England win the final. Yeah, it's in great shape, uh, women's yep. soccer. The World Cup, of course, next year in Australia and New Zealand. We'll have to make sure we get along to that. All right, stay with us. All the NRL, AFL, it's exciting. It's all on tonight. And that's up next. Brisbane, Richmond tonight. What do you think, mate? Oh, this is going to be a cracking game, I think. Oh, I've got a funny feeling that Richmond will win this match. I just think Brisbane, they play well at home, but I just think Richmond have a little bit more momentum uh, than their opposition, and I think they'll they'll get the biscuits here. Um, it's going to be a close one, but Tim, there's probably only one or two goals in it, but I'm tipping Richmond to get, get home here. Yeah, four cracking games across the weekend, aren't they? Yeah. Mate, can't wait. It's um, you have a week for me personally. Have a week off from AFL. I'm really looking forward to, particularly tuning into the Swans on uh, Saturday. Yeah. Now, uh, Mason Cox must have been listening to Afternoon Sport the other week when we were talking about some <laughs> of our early dating because he spilled the beans on the date that scarred him. Yeah, he got dropped off at the cinemas by his mum on a date, and she didn't show up, so he just went in and watched it by himself. <laughs> he was too scared to tell his mum that his date had brushed him, and uh, maybe he was wearing those stupid glasses that he wears, mate, and she saw him from afar. And, and did the runner. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he's actually, he's quite a personality, Mason Cox, and tell you what, he's pivotal to that uh, that that team, isn't he? He really is. Mm. Um, Nicole Livingston, as we know, we've spoken to, uh, like on our podcast, that uh, AFLW is in a strong position, but often 
Well, more recently than in the past, it's been questioned as to why are they continuing to play at all the smaller boutique grounds and not open the, the gates on some of the bigger stadiums, particularly when you're looking at mm. the crowds that they're getting one weekend, 42,000 people. Uh, and we've seen coaches say, well, why don't we play? Well, Nicole's come out and said, well, there's a reason for it. Part of that reason is it costs you so much money just to open the gates of the big stadiums. That's correct, right? So... As you said, 42,000 people came through the gates for round one for the AFLW. The problem here, mate, is that, and we had this with New South Wales cricket, once you play at the big venues, it can cost you up to four times as much mm. just to open the doors. Um, you basically hire the ground on behalf of, of the sport, um, which what comes with that is the security and you've got to open the catering, all that sort of stuff. They're all costs that are factored in. So playing at these smaller little regional little um uh, grounds, they basically control all the facilities, all the canteens, etc., and make a bigger return. Doesn't cost them money up front. Yeah, and look, there's other advantages too, aren't there? Like when you've got a packed place, twelve thousand people, the atmosphere yes. is off the yep. charts. It's carnival, and then the detraction is the facilities of toilets and and you know staying out of the mm. rain and everything else. So it's a little a bit of a conundrum for them, but uh, I still think that there's more positives than negatives with the AFLW. Now Craig Bellamy, and this was always going to happen, was he? he wanted to come out and say something about Nelson Asofa Solomona before they play this game, this pivotal game. And I think Parramatta will beat them tonight. I, I really do. Uh, he just has made a plea to the referees, don't uh, just mark this bloke. Yeah, and this is Craig Bellamy is a super coach. He has been, and you, you don't have any job for any length of period of time in the coaching world mm. unless you are a fantastic operator. Craig Bellamy is that. Um, and he knows when to, when to say stuff and when not to. And look, yeah, he's basically he's obviously Sofa Solomono is, is basically being told to go out there and, and rough the guys up, be be the enforcer. Yeah, and he's done that, and now he's got his back. So it's good to see. It's really good coaching. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, Parramatta, they've beaten well, Penrith twice. They've beaten Melbourne already. They. Uh, they're daring to dream out in Eels territory that they could possibly win the grand final for the first time since 1986. One team that won't be is Brisbane. And, well, they won't be in the finals because uh, you would expect Canberra to win this weekend. They're already on, ahead on uh, for and against. So, and the Broncos could well lose to the Dragons. I think they will. Uh, if you look at the Broncos, they were top four. And then now they've lost four of their last five matches. Um, Ennis made a really good comment that he thinks Michael that Ennis, it was yeah. due... Yeah, due to the emotional drain of Origin. Mm. And he said that um, post-Origin matches, when teams get up, um, those couple of games after them, you have to really watch how you perform. And he said the emotional side of things can really take away. And he said that was with Broncos' real young um, lineup. He said, you know, they've only got a few experienced guys that they really suffered from that post-Origin drama. Yeah, haven't they slid down the pole? Um, The name Doohan, hey? The name Doohan mentioned around Formula One. We've been watching the rise and rise of, of of course, Jack Doohan, Mick Doohan's son, and they're saying that he could be the next driver at Alpine. Well, yeah, well, I think we've always earmarked this kid as a potential Formula Formula One driver, but I don't think it was going to come to him this quickly. Um, But, yeah, Alpine now, his name's been thrown up there and he could take this final seat, which would be huge for Jack Doohan. Um, great racing pedigree, we know that, and uh, yeah, he'll be thrown into the big time there, and we'll see how he'll perform. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And this, there's a bit being written about Cameron Smith's decision to join the the Live Golf Tour. Some think it's going to have a long-lasting impact. 
Uh, yeah, on his bank account. <laughs> I yeah, think he'll be I'd fine. I think, Timmy, what you, you've said all along is that this will eventually come back together anyway, the PGA, the LOV. It'll all sort of work its way, work itself out in the long run and they'll come back together. I totally agree with that and I think this will happen. Um, currently, his number one golf ranking will start to slide because he won't be able to play in certain tournaments. But I just think security-wise, he's he's still going to be a great guy for he's still going to win tournaments. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And a lot of it will be played in Australia. So the, as we mentioned yesterday, some real positives here. And uh, finally, mate, Ben Ellis. Tell me more about Ben Ellis. Well, Ben Ellis has been a mate of mine for many years, and, and Benny's a big Queenslander. He was a good high jumper, actually. And uh, he was working for Macquarie Bank at the time over in Poland, and he met his Polish then-girlfriend, now wife, um, who had a son, Evo, who's now his son. and um, But Ben, with the big Queensland accent, would always you know, say to her, she'd say, well, Ben, maybe we should take um, Evo to the park. And he'd go, perfect, perfect, yeah, that's no problem. Maybe after school we should take Evo um, for an early dinner down the restaurant. He'd, perfect. And she said to him, why do you always say pervert? <laughs> <laughs> Lost in translation, maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like that, he's far yeah. from a pervert. He's a good bloke. But, uh, and Evo is a super runner now. He's one of the uh, GPS's uh, best middle distance runners. So, yeah, he's very perfect. Yeah, that's, that's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Big thank you to our sponsors. Our fantastic sponsors, the Osher Group. Go to oshergroup.com. If you're in the market for a racehorse, they are the guys to talk to. And, of course, our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. Thank you. We are back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to Afternoon Sport. If you enjoyed the show, why not check out one of our other podcasts like Strive Stronger with Andrew May. Listen in as Andrew May explores the latest in human performance with an all-star cast of subject matter experts. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or head to afternoonsport.com.